And I've been saved uh, a lot of years, and uh, perhaps you too, just as long, if not longer than I. But I believe that uh, even spiritual leaders aren't good at prayer. And uh, prayerlessness is really, it's a level of, of hypocrisy. And what I'm saying to you, what I'm speaking to you about, I feel myself to be a failure. Uh, just as much as uh, you perhaps might feel yourself to be a failure in this area. So my desire tonight is to help us all refresh our prayer life. Because I know I need that, and perhaps you believe that you need that too. Because, you know, if if we're not praying, um, what we're trying to offer to other people, I guess we're trying to offer it, right, Uh, really is uh, something that we don't believe in if we're not praying. And so let's just take a moment and pray, and then I want to share some thoughts with you tonight. Heavenly Father, certainly good for us to be here tonight. I thank you for each one, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to just share some thoughts about this vital subject. And Lord, I don't share it as an expert. You know that better than anyone. But Lord, I do desire to depend upon you to communicate to the hearts of each one here tonight and I pray that you will encourage us to prayer. I ask, Lord, that you would make this a refreshment regarding our prayer life. You'd be pleased by the things that will come of it, that you'd be honored by the things that would be said even. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I think, there, first of all, there's a lot of confusion about uh, prayer. You know, what... what uh, I think that's probably one of the major problems in prayer, is that uh, we're not uh, clear on what it is. We think of prayer, I think, often as a task, uh, something on a to-do list, something that we feel spiritually we need to do. And so we look for practical tips on prayer. Uh, I use a prayer list. Uh, you know, we look for things like that, or maybe an app on a phone uh, if you're younger. The the how-tos of prayer, if that's the way that we approach prayer, it becomes a burdensome task. It really does. And so I want to tell you what I think prayer is. I think that primarily prayer is an expression of our dependence upon God. And you know, that's how I define faith, by the way. I believe that faith is simply depending upon God. That John 15 abiding chapter, that's all about depending upon God. That's faith. And so, this is how I define prayer. And so, I think that prayerlessness is independence of God. Prayerlessness is flesh dependence. Prayerlessness is self-dependence. Prayerlessness is faithlessness. And that's practical atheism. So... I can't believe when I think about it, when I'm honest with myself, I can't believe how independent I am of God so much of the time through my prayer life. I really believe that prayerlessness or prayerfulness, either one, shows who we really are. I think that our prayer life shows how much we really want To have fellowship with God. It shows how much we depend upon God. Our prayer life really is a gauge of our our spiritual level of growth. Whether we're in spiritual infancy or 
maturity. Uh, it's, a, it's a measure of hypocrisy or sincerity. And really, I'm sure everyone here tonight would say that you love the Lord. But I believe that our prayer life is an accurate measure of how much we really do love the Lord. The amount of love that we have for Him. But don't fear, because we're all a mess. We are all a mess. Especially it comes out in this area of prayer. You know, like I said, I've read a lot of books on prayer over the years. And I'm telling you, I look at these old timers and I, I think about how much time, how early in the morning they pray, how much time they put into prayer. Not encouraging to me. Not at all. I came across a quote, however, that uh, really kind of set my, my heart a little bit at ease. You know, I've, I've read uh, this quote on a number of occasions that Martin Luther, the great reformer, he said, uh, he is quoted as saying that he had so much to do that day that he was going to have to spend the first three hours in prayer. Can I quote from a letter that Luther wrote to his understudy, Philip Melanchthon? Listen to this. Quote, You extol me so much, your high opinion of me shames me and tortures me, since unfortunately I sit here like a fool and hardened in leisure, praying little. Don't sigh, I don't sigh for the church of God. In short, I should be ardent in spirit, but I'm ardent in the flesh, in lust, in laziness, in leisure, and sleepiness. Already eight days have passed in which I've written nothing, in which I have not prayed or studied, and this is partly because of temptation of the flesh and partly because I'm tortured by other burdens, unquote. Martin Luther. Prayer, I said, is God dependence. That's what faith is. And where, where in the Bible do we find out how faith can be strengthened? Can you think of a connection there in the Bible? Faith cometh by? Okay. So, very clearly then, prayer is birthed by this book that we call the Bible. I can show you an example of that. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel is reading a scroll of the prophet Jeremiah. And in the reading of that, he realizes that the years of captivity in Babylon are about to be complete. Seventy years is about to expire. And so, guess what he does? He gets fervent in prayer. Link between faith, believing the Word of God, the Word of God uh, birthing faith, stirring faith, and then prayer being the outcome of it. You know, Paul prays for the Ephesians in chapter 1, he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does through God's Word. He opens our eyes and He draws us afresh then to want God. And I believe that prayer is simply the heart articulating uh, what 
He has shown you. You know what? I think it's wonderful when you when when the Holy Spirit shows you something in, in your Bible reading, in your time in God's Word, that you turn that into a prayer. That you articulate that back to God. I think that's a big part of prayer. That connection again between God's Word and between prayer. Of course, did I tell you to turn to Luke chapter 11 yet? Okay, I'm planning on getting to that right now. Look at verse 1. And it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, that's Jesus, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Lord, we want to pray like you. We want to pray like Jesus. Well, how did Jesus pray? Well, you know something about Jesus? He said, I do nothing of myself but what I see the Father do. That I do. And so, when Jesus prayed, Jesus prayed always dependent on His Father. And everything that He says and does flows from His loving fellowship with His Father that, by the way, He, isn't, he, he has enjoyed from all eternity. And so prayer is simply learning to enjoy the kind of fellowship that Jesus always enjoyed in his fellowship with the Lord, with his heavenly Father. In fact, when he does model prayer in the beginning in the second verse, he says and say, our Father, our Father. I think that's the first name that we need to really be familiar with when we talk to God. And when we come into this personal relationship... You know, God is relational. Bottom line. And uh, the relationship that Jesus has with his Father, he's, te- he's telling us here, he wants us to share that same relationship with, uh, with the Father ourselves. Now, I understand that all of us have had different kinds of father fathers, right? We've had bad fathers, and we've had good fathers. Here's the thing. Don't get hung up on God being called a father because you didn't have a good one. Okay? Because I'm telling you, a a, a father, it's not that uh, your father uh, is your picture of God, but God is a picture of what every father ought to be. Okay? God is the father perhaps that you've never had. God is a Father that it's hard even to imagine what He is like. But I want you to understand, when He says, call Him Father, He's wanting us to realize that the God that we come to in prayer is a God that is an open-armed daddy. Okay? He is welcoming you. He's not busy, too busy, say, Go. I don't have time now. He is always an open-armed Papa. That's what you should understand when you see this, this word Papa. He is a Father who delights to hear from you, and He is a Father who delights to help you. And there's nothing too small that He would be disinterested in because you're His special child. And so, we read in these verses that when you come to this Heavenly Father... Don't give up. Be like a kid that keeps coming back said, 
Hey, you said you were going to do this. When are you going to do this? Look at, look at the verses with me. Verse 5 of chapter 11. Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say, him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to him and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity. You know what that word means? Sticking with it. Persistence. Because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And then he says this, Ask. Uh, <clears throat> and, ye sh- and it shall be given you. Seek, ye shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. Everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. Him that knocketh, it shall be opened. We could read on. If a father is asked by his son for bread, and we'll t- talk about that in a moment. In other words, God wants you to keep, can I just put it in our terms, bugging him. But it doesn't bug him. Okay? He's not like we are. He's a good heavenly father. He wants us to persist. He wants us to keep on asking. He wants us to keep on seeking him. Because remember, he's relational. That's why he's called father. And we're his children. And he wants us to keep coming to him. And so prayer isn't something that makes us more acceptable if we do it properly. But rather, prayer makes us more appreciative. That's really what it's about. The focus is is not on praying as an activity, as something to check off your to-do list, but prayer is recognizing who you're coming to. And you're coming to your, your Papa. You're coming to your Heavenly Father. And it's just like, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's what child has the opportunity of running into uh, the room in which a king sits on a throne, except that king is his father, right? You remember the story of Esther. She was married to the king, and she was fearful to go before him because she wasn't invited and was hoping he would hold out that golden scepter, that uh, that symbol of his authority, that she would be received and not killed for having no invitation. Look, come boldly under the throne of grace, because it's it's just that. It's a place of grace, and there's always sufficient grace, and there's always abundant mercy to meet you there for every need. And so God's saying, look, yeah, I'm a king, but you're the child of the king. I'm your father, so you can come all the time into the king's throne room, and uh, and he encourages you to come and to just speak openly, you know, boldly in that uh, Hebrews 4.16, it means with freedom of speech. It means you can say whatever you want to say. It's okay, because God knows your heart. God knows what's going on in your mind anyway before you ever express it. And he wants to hear from you because you've got to talk and you've got to communicate to build a relationship with him. And uh, notice this. Let's read on in this 11th chapter. Verse 11, a son asks for bread of any of you that's a father. Will you give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will you give him a serpent? Or if he asks an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Uh, Matthew says, 
How much more shall the Heavenly Father give good things to them that ask Him? Because even we sinful dads, we don't give vials of anthrax to our children when they're hungry. We give them good things. How much more our Heavenly Father? In fact, in that 13th verse, he says the Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit's enablement. He is empowering for whatever it is you have need of. That's what he means in that phrase there. Whatever you have need of, the Holy Spirit will enable you to do. And then, I want you to also think about that uh, fact that, you know, prayer, asking, keep on asking, literally, that's present tense, keep continually asking. And, you know, Paul says, pray without ceasing. Well, more prayer. Remember, prayer is fellowship with God. And it's God-dependency, and God-dependence takes many forms. (coughs) Normally, prayer isn't something that you fit into an already crammed schedule, but rather it all flows from a connection to this loving Heavenly Father. And when you know that your day belongs to God and you're connected to Him, you find that prayer just fills in all the cracks. You intuitively pray through the day. You pray when you're getting dressed in the morning. You pray when you're eating. You pray when you're driving. You pray when you're when you're studying. You pray, you know, when I'm when I'm dealing with skeptics and I, Lord, what am I going to tell him? You know, when he's asking me the question, I'm thinking in my mind, Lord, help me, your wisdom. You know, I'm praying all the time like that. It's that's what prayer is. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. And uh, it's 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 relationship, which means. Obviously, you've got to have some quality time where you sit down and talk together. You know what? Just, just incidental, just throw this out to you. You'll find it interesting, perhaps, to think about the fact that uh, the Jewish people, when they prayed, rarely kneeled. Most of the time, they stood. Remember the, that uh, publican in the temple? He stood, you know. He wouldn't lift up his head to heaven, but he stood. They knelt and they fell down when they were desperate. But most of the time they stood praying. And so, you know, no particular position. That's my point. But uh, really, the more needy you are, the more you pray. Does that make sense? And uh, if you're needy, you'll pray without ceasing. But you know what? We don't know how needy we are. The more you come to realize your need, the more you will pray. And I have found that the more that I grow in the Lord, the less self-sufficient I feel, the more needy I feel, and thus prayerfulness becomes a, 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 an enjoyment of the, of the care power of a father. And, and prayer is just the opposite of flesh dependence. Just the opposite of it. It's receiving Because you've asked. And so, you know, it's not a bad thing to be needy. Sometimes it takes crises to finally get through to us just how needy we are. That's what it takes. One more thing that I wanted to say about prayer is the Holy Spirit's role in prayer. Because I think this is is significant. Turn over for a moment to Romans chapter 8, if you would, please. Romans chapter 8. Because it's the Holy Spirit that stirs us to pray. Are you listening to Him? 
Because he's stirring you to pray. When I sit down on my study in the morning and I start to study and put off prayer till later, the Holy Spirit's always speaking to me, saying, Aren't you going to pray? When are you going to pray? I mean, quality time that I talked about a moment ago. Say, Always. He won't let me go. He won't let me off the hook. He's always after me. Uh, and I know it's him. That's the way he, he stirred Jesus to pray. You read in Luke chapter 10, for example, in verse 21, that the Spirit of God stirred Jesus to pray, to fellowship. He said, stirred by the Spirit, he said, I thank thee, Father. And the same Holy Spirit stirs believers to pray. Look with me. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry what? Papa. I hear it all the time in Brooklyn, New York. All those Jewish kids, you go in any store, they're crying, their, their parents are in there, they want their dad, Abba! Abba! That's what it means. Papa! That's how He wants us to address Him. The Spirit of God gives us that liberty. The Spirit of God gives us that love relationship. He stirs that up in us that we cry, Papa, Father. The Spirit ought to be Himself. Beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So, look at what it says here. Go down with me in the same chapter for a moment to verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. You feel that? But the Spirit, again, ought to be Himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Put that all together. You know basically what it's saying? In prayer, God is speaking through us to God. Isn't that amazing? In prayer, God, the Holy Spirit, is speaking through our spirits to God the Father. Incredible. But that's what it's all about. It's the Spirit of God that's stirring us up to pray. And through that... He also is sanctifying us. The Holy Spirit is transforming us. We could go down uh, to uh, the uh, verses that follow. 28, we know all things work together for good to them who are called according to what? Well, what is His purpose? Verse 29, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among among many brethren. You know what He's doing? He's putting together a vast human family. Just like His Son. That's what He wants. The Father loves the Son. And He wants more to love. He wants more sons like His Son. And so... That's what's happening. And it's all in the context here of prayer. There's that sanctifying aspect of the Holy Spirit who's praying to God through us and it's sanctifying us and uh, it's enabling us and it brings us to share God's life and God's purpose. That's why we don't get all bent out of shape when bad things happen to us. Because we know it's not a fluke. It's not a random thing. It's all in this purpose to make us part of that vast family that the Father loves 
And so it's good, and we are joined in purpose with Him, with love and compassion for a world, because we're joined to Him in prayer. Hey, did you ever think when Jesus, that we, the missionaries always preach from this text, Jesus looked with compassion of the multitudes, and He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers. Why didn't He just pray it Himself? Why did He call us to pray? I mean, wouldn't his prayers be more effective than mine? You know what he's doing? He is sanctifying us. He wants us to share with him the same heart that he has to gather this family that the Father loves together. The Holy Spirit stirs us in this way. And he also stirs us to love each other. Because we're all part of that family. And you know why it's so important, like a Wednesday night like this, or whenever you, the Friday night when you have this corporate prayer? It's so important because that kind of sharing the Father's concern and bearing one another's burdens, you know what that equals? Unity. It really does. It unifies a church. So important. So that's all I'm going to share tonight. I hope that's encouraging to you to some degree. Basically, prayer is the greatest evidence that you are not flesh-dependent, but you're God-dependent. And God is willing. And He's the kind of, of Papa that wants to hear from you, and He wants to bless you. And it's all made possible because we have a big brother. He's our elder brother, Hebrews 2.11. That's what Jesus is uh, said to be. He is our uh, elder brother. And uh, it's because he himself became the sacrifice that we have access into the holiest of all through his blood. And the Holy Spirit enables us, and we enjoy being God's children. So I want to close. Have you just bow your head and think through this mentally and spiritually with me. I want to close with uh, a question for you. And the question is simply this. If prayer is the opposite of being independent of God, if prayer is the opposite of self-dependence or flesh-dependence, if prayer equals God-dependence, why don't you pray? Why don't you pray? Is it because you say you don't have time? Then you've just confessed that you're flesh-dependent. Is it because you say you just don't feel like it? And I would say you need a fresh sight of the glory of God in your life. Is it because you doubt that God's in control because of circumstances in your life or the world? Well, that's simply unbelief. Do you realize he opens his hand and he satisfies the desire of every living creature? We saw him satisfying the seagulls on alewives today at the fish ladder. That's God. That's your God. That's what He wants to do for you. So be like a seagull. And take it from His hand. And believe Him and trust Him. He's nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to them that call upon Him in truth. So Heavenly Father, forgive me for my prayerlessness. There really is no excuse. I should be running into your arms because you're a welcoming Heavenly Father. But I'm like a rebellious child too much of the time, too busy playing 
don't want to take the time to bother. Lord, as those disciples asked Jesus, we ask you tonight, Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And do it for your sake, we ask it. Amen. All right, let's take the remaining time here and uh, do a couple things. Certainly pray through these requests that were given on the list uh, in groups here. Um, but then also um, glorify God by praising Him for the God that He is, Father, Son, and Spirit, and the involvement that He desires to have with you in relationship. And then pray about our prayerlessness. Ask Him for His power, for His strength, for His nudging, for His nodding, uh, to, to run to our Father instead of away from our Father. Alright, so let's go ahead and break up in the prayer groups here and pray for these requests. And uh, when you're done, um, you're certainly dismissed. Thank you, teens, for joining us tonight here. <coughs> Thank you.